It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We spend a lot of time on Locked On Bengals talking about Joe Burrow, but what about Joe Mixon? And what about CBS Sports saying the Bengals only have the second best set of triplets in the NFL? We'll break it down today. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate everyone that subscribes, everybody who follows on their audio platform of choice, everyone who has a thumbs up button on their regular rotation on YouTube, everyone who's clicked the bell really helps us get out to more people like you who want to know more about the Cincinnati Bengals. Thanks for making us your first listen. Today, as we mentioned at the top, we're going to get into the CBS Sports triplet rankings a little bit, where again, we have to disagree with the placement of the Los Angeles Chargers and the hype around the Los Angeles Chargers. And, you know, James, yesterday you made me into a hater of Drew Sample against my will. But here we are becoming (laughs) haters of the Los Angeles Chargers because of the way the national perception seems to exist around them in comparison to the Bengals. But before we get there, we'll focus on a Bengal in Joe Mixon, who we haven't heard from yet in this offseason program, but has been a model of consistency throughout his time with the Cincinnati Bengals, despite never really having a great team around him with a great offensive line around him. And... With Frank Pollock's return to Cincinnati, there was a lot of excitement for Joe Mixon and that reunion and his previous performance with Frank Pollock running the running game. Now with better offensive line pieces and Frank Pollock in tow, is this potentially a breakout year for Joe Mixon? And I say that kind of using quotes because last year he went over 1,200 yards. He went over, he had 13 uh, rushing touchdowns, which were pretty high marks for him compared to his previous time in Cincinnati. And that was with an offensive line that we complained about all year. Yeah, it's it's wild. We talk about Joe Burrow a ton and, and how he's going to benefit from this offensive line. But the other Joe may, may benefit just as much. And it was an offseason topic last year. But it's kind of floating under the radar this year, right? The Frank Pollock stuff last year, his return. But – and we did highlight this in free agency some, and I know when Bengal Sands was on with us, he was talking about, you know, Kappa, and I know you've hit on it, we've hit on it. You know, Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins on that right side, man. I mean, they're going to be much different in the run game and on the ground, and I, I thought about it a lot, and I've thought about it a lot, just watching them go through their drills at these, these OTAs and the, these practices, because it's like, oh, is Joe Mixon actually going to get two, three, four yards before being touched? Because 
he's constantly cutting in the backfield and making guys miss and all of these different things. Uh, yes. Sometimes at, at the moment of, of getting the handoff and, and, and taking the ball from Burrow or Andy Dalton back in the day. And so I think, you know, he's going into his age 26 season and we kind of know what he is. I don't think he's going to become this big physical, even though he's got good size guy that's just going to start running over people. Not that he won't do that once in a while, but I don't think that's necessarily his game. But can he have, you know, a, a career year? And I, I think that, you know, the door is certainly open to that. And, and if that does open up, uh, you know, I think about Joe Burrow getting more comfortable with his back to the line of scrimmage and doing play action and all of the things that can stem from that. And so, yeah, I, I think Mixon's in for a big year and he's going to benefit. I, I think the leap he took from 2020 to 2021 with Frank Pollock back might not even be his biggest leap. It might come this year, 2021 to 2022, because there's actual talent because of the two. And I know scheme matters and fit and all of those things. But talent matters more to me. And I think the Bengals' offensive line is much more talented on the ground. Yeah, and one big difference is you mentioned, will he get a couple yards before he's hit? A lot of Joe Mixon's biggest runs last year were him making a guy miss in the backfield and finding the cutback lane because of over-pursuit or, or because he's made a guy made backside contain miss and he's finding that hole instead of going to where the play was designed to go. And yeah, they had some moderate success at times running where these plays were designed to attack, but so much of his success came on the cutback. And that will still be part of his game. His vision is still fantastic, but having more of the design stuff working with a higher skill level on your offensive line and better consistency, you hope, on the offensive line should lead to more consistent results for Mixon as well. And you know, you talk about him not necessarily being the Derrick Henry power back, and he's not. And he's not necessarily the Alvin Kamara make guys miss in his prime, catch, you know, 80 passes a year. But he can do all of those things at a high level. So yeah. just because he's not the most powerful back in the NFL or the best pass catching back in the NFL, he has really good acceleration, really good vision. I think mm -hmm. he has good enough power, James, honestly. Like, he runs over defensive backs. He puts a stiff arm on the cornerbacks when he gets them in his face. You know, he, he likes putting them on the ground and he'll still be able to do that. He's not necessarily consistent running through arm tackles in the trenches with linebackers, defensive linemen and stuff like that. But he is pretty good at making the first guy miss and, and the vision should play up. That's what I'm banking on as far as the running game goes is the vision playing up with the improved talent level on the offensive line and, and the improvements that we should have, we should observe uh in in terms of blocking up the plays as designed and so that's i think a big reason to be bullish on mixon and uh, as we discussed before the show james turning 26 this year right in the middle of his physical prime and for running backs in the nfl to get paid joe mixon's contract compared to some of the others just in terms of his ability to stay healthy so far should be noted as well because you look around the league, Alvin Kamara, who I just mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, the, these running backs that are getting major money haven't been able to stay on the field. And I know Mixon missed some games a couple of years ago, but for the most part has been healthy. And if that continues as he's still young, that does make that contract look a little bit better because one of the big risks when the Bengals gave Mixon that deal was running backs general ability to stay on the field. He's been pretty good in that department as well, which is an underrated attribute, I think, for Mixon. Yeah, 
I think uh, he, he certainly has uh, overall. And last year he was able to bounce back. And look, he played at a, a really high level, but towards the end of the year, and really in, on all these third and shorts, they just couldn't get it done. And we remember the Super Bowl, and that one stands out. And, uh, you know, Joe Mixon should have been in on that final series. I don't think we'd debate that. And, you know, we, we've we've gone over that a ton. But, uh, you know, he, he's coming off of a year where he had over 1,500 all-purpose yards. And I, I wonder, what's that ceiling? What's that max? Because Zach was asked – when Zach Taylor was asked about it, like, oh, well, he had 42 catches last year. Do you expect him to get even more involved in the passing game? And there's only so many balls to go around, so many yep. yards, so many handoffs, so many touchdowns. But this offense should score more than they did last year. They should be more consistent than they did last year. So now the the ceiling, everybody's potential goes up a bit. So is it 2,000? Is it, uh, you know, the Bengals record? Could he score 20 total touchdowns? I I don't know. I assume that that number at 16 would come down a little bit uh, overall, but maybe not. Maybe it's maybe it goes up and he gets more involved in the passing game or they're just scoring that much um, and, and he gets a bunch of goal line carries. So th- that's the interesting part. And, and I, I think he is in the best position he's in. Think about it a year ago. Yeah, Frank Pollock's back, but his quarterback is is coming off of a torn ACL. Right. The offensive line has 52 different question marks. We Zach Taylor, 625 and one as a head coach. Uh, Jamar Chase, who knows what he's going to be as the fifth overall pick. T. Higgins had a promising rookie year, but but you know it, it's T. Boyd in not a question mark with Chase, but we just didn't know what he was going to be exactly. And so now I think it's like, oh, Mixon can kind of go under the radar a bit, at least. I think he has, uh, you know, for for Bengals fans, for us, it's not like we'd spend a ton of segments on mixing. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so I, but but at the end of the day, I think that, and that's a famous mix online. At the end of the day, I think he could end up having his best season. And if he gets to two thousand, be be a hell of a year. That'd be one of the best uh, seasons, maybe the best season for a running back in Bengals history. Yeah, and, and the big thing for me with Mixon is I'm looking for more of the down-to-down consistency. Maybe there is some touchdown regression, talking about fantasy regression and, and just regression to the mean. I know Zach Taylor doesn't like fantasy regression, as he was recently quoted as saying. We don't see regression that way, but you could see maybe some of that, right? But I'm looking for the down-to-down, the success rate kind of stuff, the efficiency stuff with Mixon. If those things happen, then you would expect the counting stats to be pretty good as well. And Mixon's Potential step forward is just one of the reasons that we think the CBSSports.com rankings of triplets that landed Justin Herbert and his trio ahead of the Bengals quarterback, running back, wide receiver trio is just kind of crazy. We'll dive into more of that reasoning coming up next. It is kind of crazy. You can't wait to dive into that. But first, I have to tell you about Blue Nile. And whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment in your life, Blue Nile is going to have fine jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience and online shopping at BlueNile.com. They have simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, as well as the setting style. Their bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, each ring, is one of a kind. So if you're looking for fine jewelry, if you're looking for one of a kind pieces, if you're looking for something that's going to make her smile, get to Blue Nile right now and make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Bengals listeners are going to get $50, $50 off their purchase of purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. All you have to do is use code LOCKEDON. 
That's it. Use code locked on and you're going to get $50 off. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. It's not going to give it away, folks. So go to bluenile.com and use promo code locked on today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, we have become haters on this program. We've done it. We've we've crossed the threshold. Because we keep pushing back. You two. You two. We. I haven't yes. done it yet. I'm about to, but go ahead. We we did this last time. We talked about Justin Herbert's MVP odds. Yeah. So yes, we we think Justin Herbert. that the world is a little bit too high on the Los Angeles. Herbert, Sherbert, it's summer. Sherbert melts, doesn't last, can't work, climate controlled. Anyways, go ahead. Justin Herbert's probably pretty good. <laughs> he is good. I'm He's just probably joking. pretty dang he good at football. Probably. I'm not saying this to he argue with you. I'm saying this to you know, just, just say he's good. I think Justin Herbert is good at football. I think Austin Eckler is good at football. I think Keenan Allen is good at football. I think Joe Mixon is better at football than Austin Eckler, even though Eckler might be a better receiver. I think that Jamar Chase is a better wide receiver than Keenan Allen. And I love Keenan Allen's route running ability. I love Keenan Allen's hands and his ability to catch those Justin Herbert fastballs. And I think that Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert is – a coin flip, take your pick. They're close enough. Even if you think Herbert's better than Joe Burrow. I don't see how you put that triplet set of Herbert Eckler and, and Allen ahead of one of the best rookie, if, if not the best rookie wide receiver season of all time. Certainly set rookie records, Jamar Chase. Joe Mixon, who we just made a case for why we expect him to take a step this year. And Joe Burrow, who just behind a awful offensive line was PFF's highest graded quarterback in the regular season in 2021 and led his team to the Super Bowl. I know there was help from the defense along the way, but where's this tiebreaker coming from? CBSSports.com points to the track record for Keenan Allen. I point to Jamar Chase being a 21-year-old, 22-year-old who just torched the NFL and the arrows should be pointing up. Maybe there's deep ball regression coming. Maybe his game gets more rounded out. To accommodate that, maybe the route running is better. Should be. You expect that from receivers going into their second year. There should be a second year leap for Jamar Chase in terms of skill level, in terms of refinement of his game. Maybe there's some statistical regression, but I mean, I I find it hard to make a case that any of these three for the Chargers is better than any of the individual three for the Bengals. And collectively, I have a tough time with this. Like maybe if Tyreek Hill is still in Kansas City, and running back isn't one of the categories, but these triplets are quarterback, running back, plus pass catcher. And with that being the criteria, I'm on a soapbox, I guess. I, I just don't see how you're putting the Chargers ahead of the Bengals, and I don't know what other team has an argument to be put ahead of the Bengals trio of Burrow, Mixon, and Chase. Well, I'll give you – in there's six teams in Tier 1 of these rankings. I'll give you the teams 
um, that should be ahead of the Chargers, right? Because you build this segment as, as the Chargers hater segment. So this isn't necessarily even a Bengals. This isn't even necessarily a Bengals. So I'm just going to look at the, the six teams in tier one. Matt Stafford, Cam Akers, Cooper Cup, they're six with the Rams. Stafford to Cup is insane. Uh, I got mocked for saying Cooper Cup's the best receiver in the league. Did you see him last year? He played like the best receiver in the league. It doesn't mean that I would necessarily take him over Devontae Adams. In 2021, he was the best receiver in the league. I'm not really I sure was, that's debatable. I was called um, complicit because I yeah. didn't correct you. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm glad you didn't because that would have resulted I, in an argument because he was I, last year. I do think Devontae Adams is a more talented and better wide receiver than Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup had a better season in 2021. Exactly. So I'm I'm the Cam Akers part of this is is obviously the the fly in the ointment and, and what keeps them, I think, from being ahead of the Chargers. Uh because Eckler's really special. He's really good. Yeah. Uh but if I could start my team with Brady Fournette and Evans, if I'm trying to win in 2022, would I take that? over Keenan Allen, who's like Jarvis Landry, basically posting Jarvis Landry uh, recently. He's better than yards, Jarvis Landry. T- 10 yards of reception, man. I, I, I can know. find that. I, I That grows on trees. Like you, you, receivers, that, that part grows on trees. I just, I don't think Keenan Allen is this elite receiver anymore. Leonard Fournette or Eckler, a uh, slight edge, I would say to Eckler, Brady or Herbert. Okay, physical gifts, Herbert. But if you're trying to win Brady, and you know how I feel about that, so I would put the Buccaneers ahead of the Chargers, uh, the Chiefs, uh, Kelsey, light years ahead of Keenan Allen at this stage. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, obviously giving up a lot uh, compared to Austin Eckler, but Patrick Mahomes to me is better than Justin Herbert, so I would probably take the Chiefs, and that's probably a take. Um, Allen, Singletary, and Diggs in Buffalo. This is close. I think Singletary to me. Is is the the part so that I think they're probably slightly behind the Chargers because Eckler it's running laps around Devin Singletary. Let's be honest. But but Allen is so good and Stephon Diggs is so good that that could make up for it for me. It, I, I don't know. It, I think that that's really close. I agree. It is. Yeah, it's close. It is, and that's why they're you know they're in that range. I, I would yeah. probably take the Chargers over them because I think Herbert is close. You know, he's really good too. And, and, and Eckler's yeah. just, you know, the difference maker, the tiebreaker. That being said, now let's get to the Bengals. This is Locked on Bengals. Um, when I saw that CBS was doing these rankings, I was like, oh, well, the Bengals are going to be number one. Like I just – and so when they were second, I'm like, oh, to, to who? Like to proven Tom Brady? No. To, oh, Josh Allen, everybody loves, right? You know, no, not him. Oh, r- really? Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen, uh, you know, I mean, I'm taking Diggs over Allen. I'm taking Kelsey over Allen. Uh, I, you know, he's the worst pass catcher in in tier one. Cup, Evans, Chase. Yeah, he is. He's the worst pass catcher in, in, in tier one. Um, Mixon or Eckler, I think that it is a debate. Mixon is is more complete. He can do that between the tackles running style more so than Eckler. But yeah. it is a passing league, so that matters. I still lean Mixon slightly. And, and then, you know, Herbert or Burrow, I, depending on who you talk to, people act like Herbert's been dealing with, you know, a cluster of bad roster around him. And I, I just – I don't necessarily think that. I think, um, that being they had a said, bad defense. Th- that, That's that, it. That being said, yeah, that being said, um, it's close, right? In, in, in both teams got it right with their guys. 
Um, so let's just say it's even. Even if it's even, I think Chase is so far and away better than Keenan Allen that even though it's close between Mixon and Eckler and close between Herbert and Burrow or Burrow and Herbert or however you want to rank them, that the Bengals win here. So that part's crazy. But here's the fun part, and I want to end on a positive. If you made this, the the, the quadruplets, is that quad, quad, is it quadruplets? What is it? Quadtuplets? Yeah, sure. what, quadruplets, whatever the hell it quintuplets. is. Quintuplets. Quintuplet. Maybe well, that would be five. Is. Yeah. Well, if you made it four, yeah, ain't nobody touching the Bengals because now T. Higgins is involved. The quartet. It, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying, though? Because now T. Higgins yeah. is in there, and this dude is also better than Keenan Allen. He's also better than some of these other guys that we're talking about. And so, yeah, I, I think the Bengals in a great spot. It's a shame T Higgins can't be included, but I still would have had them number one in my triplet rankings. And if you expand it to just offensive skill players, I think the Bengals are still number one quarterback, running back, wide receivers, tight ends. Maybe, maybe it gets a little nebulous with tight ends and what you think of Hayden Hurst, but I think still their skill on offense, their skill players on offense are incredible and i think joe burrow is incredible and we're talking about joe burrow and justin herbert as if they're equal but i'm not even sure that's the case right there's a very easy case to be made that joe burrow is a little bit better maybe a lot better depending on who you are <laughs> uh coming up next the bengals still have a bit of a hole on their interior defensive line we're seeing akeem hicks for example get signed by a contending team in the tampa bay buccaneers we're seeing stefan to in pittsburgh retire well, that might make the Bengals' lives a little bit easier in 2022. There still could be a need on the interior defensive line. We'll get into that coming up next. But first, a word from Rock Auto. There's nothing worse than having unreliable transportation. And, well, rockauto.com is going to keep you on the road for less. They're a family-owned business. They've been doing awesome work for more than two decades. And I've used them on something as simple as a cabin air filter because – you know, the the big box stores or the dealerships, specifically dealerships, right? They're going to charge you a lot of money just to replace a filter that takes three minutes. You could look it up on YouTube if you don't know how to do it, if you're not handy. And you could save money by ordering it on your own at rockauto.com. And if you're one of these heavy do-it-yourselfers that's replacing fuel pumps and different things like that or spark plugs or whatever you need to do, well, you can do it right now. And it doesn't matter if you drive a Mercedes-Benz like Jake Lisko, a Daewoo like me. They're going to have the, the make and model of your vehicle. So check them out right now, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. For the record, I think we drive like cars that are valued roughly equally. Just, just for Bro, the official You record. drive a Mercedes-Benz bougie 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 like don't lie to the people where, where do you you, li you live this island life that you live you think that you, you think try the island is rich play. 
Oh, no. I, I just think you're among the rich on the island. That's uh -huh. what I'm saying. Mercedes-Benz, Jake. Mercedes-Benz. You, you, you think that I think Drew Sample is TE1 and you think I drive a Mercedes. Both of those things, categorically false. I think your car is, is, might be nicer than Drew Sample's. Man, I, I mean, I guess we're going we're gonna to have to and make news I'm not news mocking like... Drew Sample. I'm sure he drives a really nice car. I just, uh -huh. you know. Okay. Mercedes-Benz. Nakeem Hicks is not available, James. He was one of the guys that I wanted when we did our free agent draft uh, <laughs> about a month ago, maybe now, whatever yeah. that was. There are a lot of defensive linemen that we talked about, defensive players in general, pass rushers on the edge, interior defensive linemen. And Tampa Bay putting him beside Vita Vea on that defensive line is going to be a nightmare, even with the Bengals' improved offensive line. Running against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was already a fool's errand to a large degree in 2021. And Akeem Hicks, if he stays healthy, could make that even more of a nightmare for their opponents. Meanwhile, Stefan Tuitt, as I mentioned before the break, is no longer going to be playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They'll still have Cameron Hayward, of course, and TJ Watt. And they'll probably still be a formidable front. But that does make the Bengals' lives a little bit easier. It also probably or potentially could put Pittsburgh in the market for another interior defensive lineman. Now, we haven't... Talked about Larry Ogunjobi for a while because there's no indication of what his market is right now or whether the Bengals are interested, but Akeem Hicks just signed a deal that could be worth up to $10 million. The Bengals probably weren't playing in that ballpark because $10 million on a one-year deal and it's probably a cap hit of like seven or $8 million because of the way the bonuses work. Maybe they used a void year in Tampa. I haven't seen the details, but up to $10 million in year one. Say it's a $7 million cap hit. That's for the top end of what the Bengals can do and roll over the money they want to roll over. Many of you would say, stop rolling over money. Go all in for once. And the Bengals just simply don't operate this way. I think we've talked about this a lot. We talked about it with Brad Spielberger from PFF in an episode. If you're interested in hearing more about the Bengals' philosophy on spending and the way they keep their cap healthy, that all being said, it would be great if they could find a piece that did fit their budget and their cap management who could contribute like a Larry Joby, like mm -hmm. an Akeem Hicks. And I'm not sure who that player is, but when you look at some of these moves around the NFL and now you look at Pittsburgh potentially entering this market, what if Pittsburgh signs Larry Joby to fill that hole for Stefan yeah. to it and find an interior pass rush where, you know, depending on what the deal is, maybe you feel like the Bengals should have done it when, when that, or if that were to happen, the Steelers obviously very familiar with Joby after his time in Pittsburgh and in Cincinnati. So I wouldn't rule it out. But what's your feeling, James? I mean, you're closer to the team physically than I am, and, and you're, you're yeah. rubbing shoulders in the locker room. Are, are you, do you think that there will be an addition before or, or by the time we get to training camp? I would lean towards yes. They still have some roster spots open. And, you know, to me, every day that Larry Joby is still available opens that door a little bit more. And it might be millimeters right uh yeah. but it, it's slowly opening a bit more because at this stage it's a one-year deal type thing it's not like he's going to get that four-year deal he was hoping for that long-term uh security and so if it's a one-year deal anywhere well you've had success here the blueprint is here you know how they want to use you why not run it back and so then if larry Joby would want that then you have two questions because why wouldn't you want that right in my eyes i mean i think that's pretty easy do the Bengals want it 
and are the medicals going to be okay? And yeah, they added Zach Carter and, and they've done some things on the defensive line, but are you confident that they're going to be able to just roll that out there? Like, no, there's a reason we're talking about this. So then the other thing would be the medicals. And so those are the two things, you know, I, and I could certainly see the Bengals being interested in Larry Ogunjobi. Um, and so time will tell, but no, I, I would, I would say they'll add someone. Will it be someone with his profile? We'll see. Uh, but they have some weaknesses. And I, I think over these next couple of weeks, they still have, um, what is it, six OTA practices. Two of them are open to the media over the next couple of weeks. Uh, once all of those are settled, I think this front office can really look internally and, and try to get a, a player or two. And I hope they do because they should be in win-now mode and really push the envelope because depth is important. And whether it's you know having another defensive lineman uh, whether it's having another corner, maybe if they want that, or having another uh, wide receiver, or whatever it is, you never know when that depth is going to get tested. We know how how wild it can be with injuries, and the Bengals got lucky last year with injuries. Hopefully, that luck continues. But if not, you want to have as much depth as possible. Yeah, and I think when we talk about those weaknesses, we are talking about depth. Last year, when they were stretched a little bit thin on the defensive line, when they had Larry Ogunjobi and B.J. Hill. Things sometimes got a little bit dire when Trey Hendrickson had to go out with a back injury, when Joseph Osai couldn't play all year. And those pieces, and maybe Zachary Carter, and, and maybe some of these other guys that they've added through the draft, through undrafted free agency, can make a difference. But you look at Hakeem Adenergy and Jackson Carmen starting a guard in OTAs in, in May and into June, and now you're looking at depth again. Not to say those guys can't take a step and be viable players and Zachary Carter can't come in and play good snaps and Joseph Osai can't stay healthy and be maybe the best pass rusher on the Bengals. Who knows? Maybe maybe he pushes Trey Hendrickson for that title, right? I'm sure he has that goal, but it highlights depth. And it's something we've talked about a lot, James, and just some of the recent moves in the last two days caused us to revisit that conversation. Tomorrow... We will have a mailbag for you. So get those questions ready. And barring other breaking news, we'll dive in to another off-season mailbag for you. Before, as I mentioned yesterday, we go to a three-episode-a-week schedule. And that will be starting next week. And that'll go on probably until we get pretty close to training camp. So get those questions ready. Look for the tweet from at Bengals, And when we prompt for those mailbag questions, send them on in as a reply to that tweet. And we'll see what we get to in tomorrow's episode. Until next time, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.